is Bill and Dave's Excellent Podcast, episode number 41. It is Monday, January 30th. You can find us on Twitter, at Bill and Dave Show. Instagram, at Bill and Dave Show. Facebook.com, slash The Bill and Dave Show. Thank you for listening. It's Super Bowl week. Over the weekend, we posted our prop bed sheet, our exclusive Bill and Dave's Excellent Prop Bed Sheet can print that out and have some fun at your Super Bowl parties. We've got a huge show today. Actually, we've got someone on the phone right now. All right, so we have on the phone a living legend. This guy has been in over 170 films since 1975, and uh, he's, a, he's a local legend here in Chicago. Just because I don't even know if you know that. John Hurd, welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, I didn't know. You, you, you sure you got the right guy? Yeah, I'm positive. I'm positive. So here in Chicago, and and I don't know if you caught wind of this at all, but um, because of your work on, on Home Alone playing uh, Peter McAllister, there was a, a lot of, uh, I don't know if this happens every Christmas or not, or if you, if you catch wind of this, but there was a lot of uh, activity online, people trying to figure out what Peter McAllister did for a living. Was there ever any... Was there ever any insight given to you on that? Years ago, I was like, you know, doing that thing that you do in acting school or something. When somebody had an actress once, uh, Kathleen Grody came up to me, we were doing a play, and she, we were married, and we go with a Michael Weller play, and she looked at me one day in rehearsal and said, so where did we meet? <laughs> and I said, well, Catherine, we met here. You know, but... She wanted to do the backstory kind of acting thing. Right. And I took great pride in squelching her. <laughs> but on my own, I decided that Peter McAllister was a gynecologist. I love it. <laughs> Many years ago, nobody ever asked. <laughs> no? Nobody, no. I mean, we're talking, when, when was Home Alone? 20 years oh, ago? Oh, at least, yeah. <laughs> 16 plus, like, 25 years ago, almost. And uh, I thought, okay, man, what is this guy? He's got a great big house. What does he do? He's got all these kids. The Catholic, that's for sure. Right. Uh, <laughs> I just thought it'd be funny if he was a gynecologist. You know, his own private practice. And nobody ever asked me, what does Peter McAllister do? <laughs> until, until this year. And I went to an autograph thing, and they and several guys came up to me and said, what does Peter McAllister do for a living? <laughs> and I said the same thing that I'm saying now. 
And I've never said for 25 years, nobody's ever, nobody's given a hoot. Oh, uh, I've seen articles where they tallied up the what what uh, what uh, Macaulay Culkin would have uh, all with all the damages he did, what that would have cost, and 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 flying a whole family, you know, over to Europe or where, wherever it was the family was going. Well, it was yeah, that's so funny too because this year, this is the first time I ever went back and looked it up, and I was like, I tried to remember. It. I was like two thousand dollar, two thousand something. I think it's two. And I go, Kevin, you owe me $1,179. And no, and what I want to ask, like the first one, what was that? Patricia, remember Patricia Neal? Yeah. She was the, uh, she was in, the, what was the name of the movie where the Michael Rennie or somebody was from Outer Space? Right, right. Oh, oh. It was a, a classic. It's a classic. And I thought it would, and then there was this expression that she had to learn to save the world so that the the spaceship that he came in wouldn't attack humanity. And it was like something like, you know, (laughs) Gobnavufdar. And I thought, I worked with her once a summer up in Alaska, of all places. She was up there, it was a playwrights thing, and we read plays, and and, uh, the playwrights worked on the plays, and there was Patricia Neal standing there, you know, in the theater one afternoon, and I went running up to her, and I went, Egon, no bar, can't they fart? And she looked, she looked at me and went, oh, yeah, that's from that movie, right? <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> I got to imagine you get you get stuff like that all the time. <laughs> She's like, did a deadpan, like, oh. what a dumb thing to say to me. You know, like... Just barely remembered it. Wow! But that, but yeah, that was such a big thing that you remembered it. So it's kind of funny how that happens. Like I, know, a, I thought she'd be like in love. I thought she'd fall in love with me if I said that. <laughs> that she was, could have cared less. And I remember once I asked the. There's another letdown moment, but funny. It was when uh, I did a thing. What was that movie I did with Sam Waterston and and. Now I can't remember her name, so it's not funny. <laughs> not Ingrid Bergman. Um, you know, Lee yeah. Holman. Yes. Um, what would, well, oh my gosh, there's so many. That, let's see. Uh, Lee Holman, and we did, it was called, what was it called? And, uh, it was, Lee Holman had all the words. She had all the dialogue. Oh, geez. It's about interrelatedness or something. It was done in France, uh, Mont Michel, and she had to keep talking, and Sam, then Sam would go, oh, really? What do you mean by that? And then she'd have to do two more pages of dialogue, and I'd say, oh, my gosh, could could you explain that a little more cl- carefully? And she'd have to talk some more. She'd just talk and talk, and all we ever did was go, oh, wow, that's really interesting. What do you mean? And finally, I worked up the courage to ask her, because I just had a son, and I wanted him to leave home as, like, a, the greatest actress ever, right? Oh, yeah. So I wanted him to get her autograph, and she signed her character name on a T-shirt. Oh, her character name? Of, yeah, instead of her name. So I was like, take that, you know? 
for making me do all the work. You know, and th- I'm not even going to sign my real name. Wow, <laughs> and you you've worked with pretty much everybody. I mean, everyone from Robert De Niro to Goldie Hawn, obviously Tom Hanks and Jeff Bridges. Um, is there any? Is there? Yeah. Is there anybody out there that you have that that you haven't worked with that that you'd like to? Uh, I haven't worked with Kevin Bacon. Really? <laughs> I don't think so. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> just made that up. I don't know, uh, you know, because what, six degrees of Kevin Bacon? Yeah, yeah. You probably, you, you're probably the one person that's outside of six degrees. Go figure, right? Wow. <laughs> he used to be a bar, a bartender used to be a waiter at a, at a bar I drank at. So maybe that counts. Oh, that definitely counts. I would count that. Absolutely. Yeah, well, maybe that. What um, you know, the the other thing. I mean, yeah, there's some ties to Chicago, though. You played the mayor of Chicago in the Chicago Code, and the governor of Illinois in in Prison Break. So there's some ties there too. It's not just Peter McAllister. Uh, do you ever go back and watch any of the th- the things that you're in, or is it, or do you just kind of once it's done, it's done, and on to the next one? Uh, I've had occasion to watch me in Home Alone, but I don't think I watched me in Prison Break or the other mayor of Chicago from, what was that, Jennifer Peel? Yeah. Uh, Oh, gosh, who was it? It was like, that was only on for like a season or two, I think, and then, and then it went away. I know, and she was like this badass cop, and I was this dumb mayor for a couple of days. And I didn't get it, you know, I was like, I don't get it, why don't I like her? Right. You know, then they got mad at me and said, but you just don't like her, okay, you don't like her. <laughs> oh, it was, uh, yeah, Jennifer Beals, yeah, yeah, that's who it was, absolutely. I thought she like, you know, win an Emmy or something. Yeah, I don't know if, I don't know if she won or not, I know, uh... I know. I know. It seems like uh, there's some people that owe you some thank yous for some. Uh, I know Tom Hanks. If he should be thanking you for that Oscar for Big, because I think I remember this is this is. Oh, yeah, right. He should thank me for that. <laughs> well, if you you know what. And when I watched it as a kid, I remember. I remember thinking when I watched it as a kid, I was like, "Man, that guy's so mean." And then I watched it as an adult, and I kind of yeah. felt bad for your character because here's this guy that's like moving in on your lady and your job, and what do they want you to do? You yeah, know? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I could have done. I watched that. I did watch that once and thought, "Why well, a little bit one-dimensional?" I could have made that character a little bit more likable, and then I think maybe you would you would have a case like maybe somebody out there would feel would would feel sorry for him and not like Tom Hanks. <laughs> Yeah, that would be a first. <laughs> that would be a first in America if somebody didn't like Tom Hanks, right? <laughs> that would do. do like something to shoot for as an actor. <laughs> if, <laughs> just try and play a role where where you can make Tom Hanks unlikable. Good luck with that, right? Yeah, really. Without you know, like without really trying, without you know, like on his own. Like, God, I didn't like Tom Hanks in that. I wonder why. <laughs> Well, is that that guy John Heard was so nice, <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and he took his girlfriend away from him, and is there his job? Oh man, <laughs> he was a prick. That was uh, I like John Heard, I like John Heard in that better than Tom Hanks. 
I would argue that I thought, you know, watching it as an adult, I thought your character was more fun than his, actually. Honestly, and I, I don't want to say that, but I thought it was just more fun. I'll, you know, you get pissed off playing well, racquetball. Uh, and, the person <laughs> that's a lot of fun is Penny Marshall. He's a lot of fun, and you got you got to work with Penny and Gary Marshall, so that's pretty. That's you got like the going for the cycle there. Yeah, thank God they were the two nicest people in my whole life. At that point in my life, I was like losing it. That, um, like back, you know, and that was it. I think that was my B period. Oh really? You know, trade big. There's another B in there. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're right. Wow. I didn't even catch that. Yeah. <laughs> the killer bees. Remember the killer bees? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I I remember them. But yeah, like uh, from the baseball team at least. <laughs> yeah, they're football. They were uh, Miami Dolphins. Are you a big football guy? Uh, I like to watch football. Yes. Do you have a who do you who do you uh, want to win the Super Bowl? I'll tell you. I want. Atlanta to win because let's face it, you know the Patriots have been there. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've always been a Patriots fan up until last season. Then I decided I'm not going to be a Patriots fan anymore. I don't know who I'm going to be a fan of, but uh, it's not. You know, I mean, I still love Tom Brady, and I love the fact of what he did and how he came off the bench, and now he's a, you know they're a they, you know, nobody gives him. He gets credit, but he doesn't get credit. You know, sure. I think it's because he's he's too good looking. Yeah, that's he's got too much going for him. We got to knock him down a peg here and there. You know. Yeah, and then the, then the water, the inflate gate, and the cheap fly <laughs> gate, and all this stuff. And so I think people like not liking him. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I love him. I think he's great. Uh, I think he's great. I love it. I, Ever since he replaced Bledsoe in uh, New England, I thought he was. He came off the bench, and I said, "This guy's great." Yeah, he's might be the best ever. We'll see. Time will tell. I, I guess. Thought the same was going to happen with that guy Simeon's, or you know, what a strange name. Yeah. <laughs> Denver Broncos. I thought he was going to be great, but he wasn't. No for some he, reason. No, he was the opposite this year. <laughs> Maybe yeah, yeah. I give him a couple and of I years. Also, I also liked Tim Tebow, and everybody thought he was a jerk. I, I like Tim Tebow. I give you that one. He was a good guy. I thought they crucified him. I thought they crucified Tebow. You know? <laughs> they did. But they wouldn't give him a break, the poor kid. He's like you know, Jesus or somebody. You know? Right. He's <laughs> just like, but yeah, make him, you know, put his name in the press a lot and, you know, blow him way out of proportion. And, you know, a month later, everybody will hate him. Yep. Yep. They made him the bad guy right away. Yeah. <laughs> Right. So, um, if I run through some names, I wonder if you can maybe give me if if you have a fun story. Maybe you don't. Just with some people that you worked with, and maybe what you know, what it was like. Um, there's one that comes to mind right away is uh, Jeff Bridges because you worked with him early on, and I'm guessing he right, probably yeah, Jeff and I were in the movie called Cutter's Cutter's Way. It was ended up being called, and Jeff was Jeff's a lot crazier than people know about. Yeah, <laughs> he, he he's like such a nice guy, but he's always you know he's like he's the kind of guy that you you know he's hanging around with a mystic one afternoon or something or a shaman you know or having fun playing tag with an orangutan. Uh, I can see that. Like does odd things is odd at least when I was around him. 
I can see that. And then he's that. like a super nice guy. <laughs> he said a funny thing to me once when he was when we were working. He said, uh, "Don't you get nervous when the director doesn't ask you to do it again when he doesn't want another take and you just did one or two? And I said, "Yeah, it does. It does kind of make you nervous that he doesn't want to do it again." And uh, Jeff looked at me and said, I always figured that he thought I was too dumb of a son of a bitch to ask for another one, so why bother? (laughs) (laughs) I always remembered him saying that. Like, if the director doesn't ask you to do it again, he thinks you're hopeless. (laughs) Oh, oh, man. You know, I could could see that coming from him. I just watched him in Hell and High Water. He was great. Yeah, he's... A really subtle performance. I mean, yeah. He's awesome. Obviously, you know we, everybody loves him from uh, from. Um, oh my gosh, it's gonna drive me nuts now. Um, oh, where he played the Saturday dude? Night. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and Starman and all that stuff. Um, how about the big, the big Lebowski or whatever? Yeah, Big Lebowski. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's the one. <laughs> how about um, Bette Midler? You worked with uh, her and uh, Barbara Hershey on Beaches. Man. Yeah, Barbara Hershey Bar. Yes. <laughs> they got mad at me because they, they were wearing fur coats one afternoon, and I made some remark, and they both turned and stared at me for about a half hour. Oh, jeez. Like, shut up. <laughs> oh, jeez. And uh, somebody said that Ben Mittler doing uh, beaches, it should have been called Dunes. Right. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> It's like the hardest working gal in showbiz, man. She had her daughter. She was killing it. You know, she was singing. She was acting. And I was grumping because I didn't want to do it. I wanted to be back east. I had trouble in my life with uh, having a child and wanting to see my child. And then uh, actually it was uh, Gary Marshall that came over to me and said, what's... Everybody in the whole world is on strike. You're the only actors that are working on this movie, and you're like a malcontent. <laughs> and, I, and I told him, I said, "Well, I'm sitting in a hotel room most of it, most of the time in, in L.A., and I, I'd rather be back east because it's the only time I can see my newborn son." So, oh, and Gary Marshall was the sweetest guy on earth, and he looked at me and he said, "Is that why you're being such a pain in the ass, John?" <laughs> And I said, uh, well, yeah. And he said, you know, you should tell your director that. You should always tell your director what's going on. Because you know why, John? And I said, why? He said, because a lot of actors are fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. He said, oh, okay. You know, he said, yeah. He said, tell the director because a lot of actors are really, you know, machugging and, and, and we don't know why they do what they, why they're acting the, acting the way they're acting. <laughs> but in your case, you've got a good reason. So, <laughs> he's a very forgiving guy. Yeah, he seemed, he was a legend. Wow, he was, he was something else. It was always fun to listen to him and, and, uh, he, he, he was always funny when I heard him. Um, how, how about, uh, Goldie Hawn? You worked with Goldie Hawn on a movie called Deceived back in the nineties. You remember working with her? It, it Goldie Hawn. Well, the funny part about that movie was they said, I want you to be like Cary Grant, which, okay, now you really, now I'm screwed. <laughs> um, they, they wanted it to be a secret. They wanted the character to not be, uh, ostensibly evil and in this movie called Deceived and, and be charming. And then at the end, we see that he's 
just trying to get the necklace and being nice. And he's a, he's a psycho. But when the movie came out, the the uh, the previews had me chasing Goldie Hawn in the basement with a big twelve inch knife. Oh jeez! So I thought, well, how much of a surprise is that going to be? Right. Once they see the previews, man, they know that I'm a psychopath. Don't you hate it when they do that? So, then one afternoon, Damian Harris, who was uh, Richard Harris's son, he's directing. He he said, uh, you know. I've had this problem before. I don't know. Maybe I'm gay, but he said I just wasn't liking Goldie enough. <laughs> you know, I wasn't like all over her and kissing her and hugging her. And, and I thought, well, I, you know, I got to do something that, I mean, I can't be too much, you know? Right. Because of the dark side of this character. But, you know, I don't know. Maybe he knew then. But uh, what happened was Goldie was in the dressing room and her father had just uh, passed away, and her father was Goldie Hawn grew up in Tacoma Park, and I grew up in Washington D.C. Oh wow! And she grew up in Maryland, and it's a suburb. And uh, she told me that her dad had just uh, passed away, and then uh, he was a musician, and he played locally and around the Washington D.C. metropolitan area. And I said, "Well, that's what my father does." So out of the blue, she's. Uh, so I said, no kidding, where's your dad? And I said, well, he's retired now. I worked at the time. I played the saxophone on weekends. That was the love of his life. Uh, gee whiz, I'll call him up. And I called my father up, who was this great-looking guy. Well, he, my father actually did look like Cary Grant. Really? And he, uh, I said, Dad, there's somebody here that wants to speak to you. <laughs> <laughs> and I went the phone to Colby. And I mean... He didn't miss a beat, man. He, they were like on the phone for a half hour, and wow. she was—he was telling her how he had worked with her father, and her father was a great guy, and so on and so forth. And she loved it, man. She loved hearing about her dad, and she loved my father. My father's a real charmer. Oh wow! So I think that after talking to my father, she didn't care much about me. <laughs> 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 no, it was not exactly a chip off the old box, so. <laughs> That was it for me, Dad. Dad's with Long West and done the part. Well, there you go. Dads are always good for stuff like that. Oh, <laughs> man. You know, she would ask me every day, how's your father? Well, why don't you call him up? There you go. <laughs> um... um the Sopranos. You worked with uh, um, you, you. You you had a, a short run there with the Sopranos, where you put where you played a detective, and uh, I think and correct me if I'm wrong. I think you were nominated for an Emmy for that role, weren't you? Yeah, I was. Out of the blue, I got a phone call, and somebody said, "Congratulations!" And I said, "What?" And they said, "You nominated for an Emmy." And I went, "Oh my god! I've always wanted to win an Emmy. I love that statue." Yeah. Who who oh, Ed Sherman won? Oh. Oh, I remember. And Ed Herman was, I was on stage at Arena Stage when Ed Herman played uh, in Twelfth Night. Really? And he played, uh, he didn't play Malvolio, or maybe it wasn't Twelfth Night, maybe it was, uh, yeah, I think it was Twelfth Night. Anyway, he played something, and he always thought that I played the, the lute, because oh. I was an extra. <laughs> And he was an actor, and I, you know, we we came in and jobbed in, and I was an extra for three shows. So whenever Ed Herman saw me, he would look at me and he'd say, "My 
God, you're doing well for a guy that plays the lute. (laughs) Thank you very much, Mr. Herman. (laughs) So as it would have turned out, if I had gone to get the Emmy nomination, maybe he and I probably would have been sitting next to each other at some point. Wow. And he would have looked at me and said, oh, my goodness, here you are again. (laughs) What are you doing here? Very well for a kid that plays the lute. <laughs> and then, and then he would have won, so that would have been okay. But if I had won, boy, that would have been. You know, oh, that would have set him off for he sure. Been, he would have been steaming. <laughs> um, and then uh, let's see oh, what James Gandolfini. Gandolfini got me that part. Did he really? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. I know because his. He, I saw him in a little gym in. Uh, the village. We're the only two guys in there, eyeballing each other from across the room. And I just wanted to tell him I saw a true romance. I wanted to tell him what I, got. I thought how fantastic he was. And he, he finally we bumped in each other. Whatever he said, what are you doing? And I said nothing. And he said, why well, you don't? I said I don't work much that much anymore. <laughs> he said I, I don't believe that. <laughs> And I said, well, it's true. I don't, I'm not up for much anymore. And he said, uh, oh, well, I'm doing this thing. And he said, I'm doing this Goomba thing, you know, <laughs> meaning like one of many, like he had done something like he was kind of like, he was shirking it off. You know, he was like saying, and eh, doing this Goomba thing. But if you want to come along and be, I'll, I'll mention your name, see if there's any interest. And I said, sure. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> And he he must have because I had a a manager at that time, and Lorraine Bronco was with my same manager, so I know she must have mentioned me if Lorraine was in. She must have said, "What about John?" And they must have. David Chase probably said, "Nah, he plays the loop, doesn't he?" (laughs) I don't know. So I always thank Jimmy Gandolfini for that job, and geez, what a bummer when he died. That was horrible. Yeah, so young, man. That's hor- that's horrible. Most much loved guy, really. Yeah, yeah. That's part as big as the sky. He seemed like he seemed like it. I you know I never got to meet him, but he seemed like uh, he seemed like just one of those guys that everybody had nothing but nice things to say about him. And in the, and in and in your line of work, there's there's plenty of things to say about people, and never really heard much about him. Yeah, it's just fascinating, you know, like when a big guy has a sense of humor and he's got a great heart, he's funny, and he likes to have a good time, and then he's nice to everybody. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that, I guess, if you, you know, amongst guys, I guess. Yeah, right. Uh, I mean, the girls loved him, too, but he was just, a, I, my sense of him was that he was just a real guy's guy, you know, and that's all inclusive, you know, when you're working that hard uh he put you know hbo he put cable television on the map oh yeah yeah that was like the first one yeah that was that was big the first like uh cable tv show that 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 made it huge that i remember yeah Um, yeah and everybody around him and the crew and everybody just you know they had a good time they all really liked each other and they liked jimmy oh they had and they had uh they had little Stevie from uh, from the E Street Band on that show too, so that's always a good time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's, a, he's a sweetie pie. <laughs> Bandana. Yeah. Um, rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even realize that was him either, but uh, for the longest time, 
Um, yeah. How about Awakenings? You were in Awakenings with uh, with with Robin Williams, um, right? And uh, and Robert De Niro. That's kind of a like, but but by that time you'd been in so many things. But is there any kind of like? And I don't even know that Robin Williams was was Robin Williams at the time. I mean, he was obviously known for stand up, but. I mean, Robert De Niro's well, been around. Actually, I actually had to go in and, uh, what did I have to do? I had to, like, test for that part. Really? Penny Marshall cast me, and I think they wanted me to come in and do something. And Robin was there reading with me. And Robin actually looked at me and said, I'm sorry you had to do this, man. I know who you are. Or something like that. And then I thought, years later, geez, what a compliment. You wow. know, coming from how he... <laughs> right. Do you do you still find yourself have do you do you still audition a lot or are they just kind of cuz you've got like five four or five projects coming out this year. Um I mean they they just kind of call you up and say, "Hey, we, we think you'd be good for this or are they still making you do run through the uh, gauntlet?" Uh I don't do much of anything. I'm up in Pacific Grove, California just sort of hanging around the grocery store. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Uh, no, I won't. I haven't done a major motion picture for what fifteen years. Really. Yeah, and yeah. It seems I'm a little like, surprised, but I'm fat and old, you know. Ah, uh, no. You know what? For you know, for 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 everything that you've done, it's just. Uh, I mean, you ever look back on it, and uh, there ever been ever ever been any roles that, that that you went for and didn't get, and somebody else wound up getting it, and uh, you watch it, you're like, ah. I could have done better, or maybe maybe you saw. Yeah, that was probably a better choice. The only part that I ever really thought about playing was the part in uh, Presumed Innocent. Really, I think uh, Harrison Ford did, and I did a book. I read the book. His name was Rusty something, and it's pretty obscure when you go back. But I, I'm just remembering that that I thought I really like to play that guy. Yeah, Rusty, yeah. That doesn't happen. That doesn't happen very it doesn't happen, period. I don't have those aspirations, but I did in that instance, that's why I remember it. Huh. That's so, pretty cool. And then I thought, nah, he's got red hair. I don't think so. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think if there was any other part that I would have liked to play. I went in and I read, uh, I met uh, Ridley Scott when he had, was in New York many, many years ago uh, seeing people for the cast of Alien. Really? And he was like the nicest guy in the world. And who I was a kid and he showed me this book, this great big book of graphics uh, for the alien, and it was just, you know, absolutely sensational. The pictures and the look of the alien and the, the, the place of the eggs and where they're... John Hurt, who recently passed away, may he rest in peace, uh, I think played the part that um, that I might have played. Really? I don't know. That he asked me. And... Uh, that was an instance where I thought, and I called up my manager and I said, man, you should see these, these pictures. You should see this uh, design. 
and the set for this thing is going to be it's going to be fantastic. And my manager said, uh, "Nah, come on, you don't want to be in a sci-fi movie now. <laughs> you don't want to be in some sci-fi thriller. Come on, oh, yeah, you got like some serious stuff to do or something." And I went, "Yeah, but, 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 but." Oh, <laughs> that's one of those. <laughs> and then you know, you see the alien is like a classic. Incredible! Wow, that's that's one of those where you give them a call later. Like I told you, I told you so. Yeah, I don't know if I would have gotten the part, but I mean, he he was in, he looked at me and he said, "You don't want to be you're not interested." And I said, "Well, he's telling me, you know, it's just not to do a." And I thought I was getting guidance. You know, I thought I was being helped along. You know, yeah, thinking straight. You yeah. know, don't do this now. This will just be some. You know, sci-fi movie, which it wasn't. It's like the greatest movie ever made. Yeah, I was like it's in the top ten anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, and like uh, three, four movies off of it too. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> so, 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 John, do you have any advice? I mean, you know, just in your experience for those young struggling up and coming actors any any advice on how to how to make it in the industry without pulling your hair out yeah don't lose your hair <laughs> uh, go to hair school <laughs> no not really it's fun uh, i my love was the theater yeah and uh, i i i actually uh, kind of ha- hamstrung myself by being uh, dedicated to doing plays and being on stage and so on and so forth, which is, you know, how I fell, you know, sort of fell into this was was being on stage. And and then when I, when the, the transition happened in the seventies and people got a, a first class airplane ticket to fly to California to make some movie, I always came running back to New York to be in a showcase or a play or something because uh, I, I always felt like that was what I was supposed to be doing. Sure. And as a matter of fact, some young kid, he was about 21 years old, looked at me one afternoon and said, how come you never moved to L.A.? You never moved to L.A.? And I said, no, 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 I didn't want to live in L.A. There's too many cars. (laughs) And he said, "Uh, we're shooting you? And I said, why? Why would I, if I didn't want to live here, why would I, why should I? And he looked at me and he said, well, because you make a lot more money. Oh, and I went, oh, <laughs> I never thought of that. <laughs> that never entered my mind. <laughs> what an idiot. <laughs> yeah, really. I would have paid a lot more money. I mean, you know, come on. <laughs> and so that I think maybe sometimes the comparison between theater and film is a little overwrought, and people put too much, make too much of it. Yeah. Well, uh, I can't, I don't know. I don't want to end on a sad note. But oh, no, no, no. <laughs> it did kind of make me go like, well, you know, it was like Hamlet. You know, I didn't know which road to go down. Right, right. And uh, maybe if you know, I think the people that know, that, that decide, that choose, I think they probably do better than the people that don't. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, um, I know that uh, we, I got a, I got one that we can end on. That's uh, kind of an interesting story. I'm wondering if you can tell me if there's any truth to it. That there's so going back to Home Alone. Uh, I, there was a there was an interview that Chris Columbus did on Alec Baldwin's show, and he had said that that the first Home Alone movie while they were filming that that you you maybe didn't think it was going to be amount to much of anything. And he actually said he's got footage of you apologizing to him from the second Home Alone. Is there any truth to that? Apologizing to him for being a pain in the ass? <laughs> Just because he said that you didn't think it would be that it would it wouldn't really be that big of a movie. It was probably going to be kind of a bust. Oh no, I don't remember that, but I'm sure I did because <laughs> you know we didn't know. I mean, we had no way of knowing in the first one because the Catherine and I had to be. We didn't know how serious we had to be. Right, right. We had no. I mean, we had lost a kid, so you know how, what's the what's the punchline? Right. <laughs> <laughs> at home, you know, you know what? Do you, how do you play that? And uh, you know, for 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 laughs. Right. But then I think the second one, we knew that it was a comedy. It was comedic, and and we had more fun, and and maybe. Uh, that does nothing to do with me apologizing to Chris Columbus. I think I apologize to Chris Columbus because I had to stand there while they you know, while we shot, you know, ten other kids. Sure. And I got um, I was I was like Mr. Testy. <laughs> and I was, Come on. <laughs> and he's a freaking genius. You know, if you read the synopsis of that movie, I, I, I'm with you. I don't know how you would even play that, you know. <laughs> they lost a kid, and then it was burnt. Yeah, I was like, well, what, what do we do? <laughs> Standing here, like, you know, to put guns to our heads? I mean, what are we going to do? Right. But Catherine, I think she she saved the day. She somehow managed to give it weight, make it heartfelt, and at the same time, fun. And that's she did it, but she did it. Well, Me, I was just sort of a baseball <laughs> You, you, I, I thought you. I mean, like I said, it's uh, you're kind of a legend here in in Chicago. So I, I don't know if you know that, but I'm sure if you, I'm sure, I'm sure if you found yourself in Chicago at some point, somebody would, somebody would stop you on the street and and ask you probably the same thing. Buy me a Chicago dog. There you go. <laughs> I'll buy one for them. Yeah, Chicago's always been real good to me. Good, good, good. Well, we we uh, real open crowd. We're we're always loyal to to anything Chicago. So if it's uh, you know whether it's a movie that was filmed here well, or whatever. <laughs> my sister lives in Chicago. She went back. She lived in Manhattan, and now she's back in Chicago. And I'm thinking of moving there, actually, from here. Oh well, you you know, welcome. Well, it's actually uh, property taxes are pretty uh, affordable here if yeah, you're in the yeah. city. <laughs> Yeah, and you just happen to have some property. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, we'd love to we'd love to have you on if you ever do uh find yourself with some time or in the city, you know, uh we'd love to we'd love to have you on again. This this is awesome. We've learned so much that uh Peter McAllister was more than likely a gynecologist. <laughs> yeah, in you know, practice as well as uh, whatever you call that. What do you have when you have like fifteen other gynecologists? Oh, jeez. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you call that when you have more than one doctor? Medical. Oh. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll look it up. We'll figure we'll figure it out. I'm sure it's. Oh, is it a practice? Right? No. No, that's uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
yes. an extensive practice. There you go. <laughs> well, John, thank, <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time, sir, and uh, enjoy the grocery store. And uh, you know, like like uh, Mom's maiden once said, you know, to Johnny Carson, you know, he asked her why she always sat there with her legs so far apart, and Mom's maiden said, you know, Johnny, if they ain't peeping, they sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man well on that note sir i really appreciate you coming on and uh um and do we have anything to look forward to you or anything to look forward to this year i know you said that that uh they haven't been working it looks like you got maybe a couple things in production that i don't know if you're a little part in or... there's a new show called atp yes you're are you in that I, I did an episode of that. I hope it's okay. That's oh. a rough going there, but it, I hope it's okay. Oh, that's awesome. I don't know awesome. when it's gone. I don't know what, what, you know. But I know that that show started just recently, right? Uh, after, yeah. No, it starts, it starts the day after the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, February uh, 6th, I believe. And we actually had uh, uh, Marlene Forte. She, was, she, she did a couple episodes of that, too. She was on last week. So that's pretty cool. I didn't even catch that. I don't know how I missed that one. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be a good show. They're all great. There's a great group of people ever. Oh, yeah, Justin Kirk from Weeds, and yeah, that's going to be good. Well, we'll look for you on that then. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, and enjoy the show. That's going to be a great show. Awesome. Well, John, thank you so much, and uh, and uh, and we'll we'll look out for it, APB. Yeah. Okay. All right, thanks a lot, Take sir. Care. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. Well, there you have it, the one and only John Hurd here on Bill and Dave's Excellent Podcast. Again, check us out on Twitter, at Bill and Dave Show. Same thing on Instagram, at Bill and Dave Show. Facebook.com slash The Bill and Dave Show. Thank you for listening. That's episode 41. We'll see you next time. <laughs>